Hey everyone, welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. So today you'll be hearing from Tanya Connie, who is someone I really look up to on both a professional and spiritual level. People in the industry know her as the soulful publicist because she specifically works with spiritual thought leaders, social impact leaders, and conscious brands. And she combines this unique blend of intuition, soul work, and traditional PR to bring impactful and really transformational messages to the limelight, particularly via the people that she represents. And for example, if you all are familiar with Shaman Durek, he is one of my favorite healers of all time and she represents him. So that might connect the dots for you a little bit. She essentially believes that media can be a great vehicle to bring forth uplifting conversations that expand our consciousness. And Tanya represents many enlightened and spiritual leaders in our time right now. And she's managed to get some of her clients on outlets like The Doctors, Good Morning America, The Almost 30 Podcast, Bulletproof Radio, People Magazine, New York Times, LA Times, the list goes on. So if you're an entrepreneur in the wellness space or have your own personal brand, Tanya just has so much wisdom to offer us. We talk about how she began working with Shaman Durek and her professional and spiritual journey to her career in PR. We also dive into topics like diversity and wellness, personal healing, rethinking social norms, and again, tips for entrepreneurs in this space. I learned so much from her and I know you guys will too. And if you feel called to leave a review on iTunes or share this conversation with a buddy who could benefit from this information, that would be amazing. And thank you so much for being here and being a part of this community. Let's get into today's conversation. The first question I'll ask you is how do you like to start your days off? Do you have a morning routine or what does your morning look like? Yeah. So uh, what's really current for me right now is I feel like I'm a flexitarian in my practices and knowing like what my body really needs. Typically it would be meditation and some kind of shamanic activation in the morning. But if that's not happening, I just allow myself to kind of be still and see where I want to go next. Sometimes dancing is in there. Mm. Um, uh, What I've been learning is I love being outside too And I needed to commit to doing that with someone because accountability gets really lost for me when I just like wake up and I get on my phone or I get on my email. So if I have, if I have something that I implement into my schedule, then I'll go for a walk because I really do need to find that balance in the morning because I can get straight into work. Like I'll totally just like jump in. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I caught on to you saying um, a shamanic activation. What would that look like for you? Oh my God, so many things. (laughs) Um, Either I'll dive into the work that I've done with Shaman Durek. So um, I I can channel and I'll command something in my body. You know, he teaches soul talking. So you'll like talk to your guides or your spirits and I'll start removing toxins or removing anything that's stagnant in my body. And immediately what, how my body responds to it is um, shaking. It looks look like convulsing. Everyone's response is different. So this isn't like a normal thing for everybody uh, because it's not like a one size fits all model, just like nutrition. So I'll, I'll allow myself to shake and then I'll just feel like my frequency rising 
And then even so, I'll feel like my channels are opening. So I'll feel a lot more connected and aware. Mm, yeah. And dancing kind of feels like shamanic shaking too sometimes. So maybe oh, it's just totally. like the first level of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing. Oh my God. If we still had ecstatic dance, I would be doing that right now. Yes. For sure. So I will have already given a basic intro of who you are and what you do, but I'd love to get your version of your journey and how you ended up where you are today as the soulful publicist and a very spiritual person and often mentor for people. Yeah. um, I go back to, I initially worked at Lululemon, so I wasn't always quote unquote in the spiritual world, but wellness has, I feel like carried throughout my entire teens till now, which I'll be 31 in July. And Lululemon really brought me culture and personal development. So I started there. And then it wasn't until I ended up in New York where I just was at a crossroads after graduating college, either going the psychology route or business route. And this this uh, point was so distinct for me because I really didn't know which way I wanted to go. But inside of me, I needed to figure it out because I feel like once I committed to a path, I didn't want to make the wrong choice. So I was so attached to making the right choice that I actually was at a standstill. So I got on the phone with my mom's astrologer. And to give a little background on my mom, she was very connected to personal development, um, spirituality. She had like chanting, Buddhist chanting in our house. And maybe it wasn't something that I personally did, but I definitely respected her practices. I was like, wow, my mom, I didn't realize that at the time how rad my mom was, (laughs) but she did, she did her own level of inner work and taking care of her temple. And so this astrologer, his name is Joseph, the astrologer, I think he calls himself the astrologer to the stars. Um, he lives here in LA and I get on the phone with him and this was about, I think we're going to date it back to like eight years ago. So I'm like post undergrad, uh, graduate and not knowing where I wanted to go. And he literally just spews out all of this information that makes absolutely no sense. And I even found the journal recently to, to remind myself of what he said. And he goes, Tanya, you need to be representing people. You need to be in PR. You need to be in media. You need to find a mentor in media. You need to take media classes. And I'm just like writing so quickly. And I literally had no idea how any of that was going to happen. So that was, that was a long time ago. And it did not, nothing came out of that, out of that conversation, except for just a seed was planted. And then I move to, I come back to LA and then I find my internship in health and wellness PR. And I meet my, um, my mentor, who was Nicole Dunn. She was my former boss at um, Dunn Pellier Media. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, this woman, she turned um, Tony Horton into the national fitness icon that he is. Wow. You know, like her Tony Horton is like my shaman Dirk, right? Like she started mm-hmm. out, she was a producer. She got me in all of it. You know, she taught me PR. She taught me how to make relationships. She was all about relationships. I learned that everything you do is nourishing your relationships and really connecting with the person and not just treating them like a contact. Um, that's what I really loved about her. And she showed me the ropes, you know, like I got in, I immersed myself in not just the PR world, but what it means to have like a meaningful and purposeful job. Mm-hmm. And I really loved working with brands that were making an impact. 
and we're making a difference. And what that looked like for me, uh, I was in health and fitness, but then I started really pulling in like the wellness. So then the meditation studios came in. Um, a healer, a spiritual teacher did come in. And for a second, I thought she was going to be my mentor because I also was envisioning whoever I'm going to work with is going to be my mentor because I was on my spiritual path kind of as a seeker and also as someone who just loved learning about herself because I started in emotional intelligence, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to like amplify my powers. I'm like, oh, I want to open up my psyche. Um, I, I want to be able to tap into that other realm. And I feel like I was like just starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meditation really opened me up. And I have to thank Emily Fletcher for that because she, uh, she was a client, a former client, Ziva Meditation. She does like twice a day, 20 minutes, and she debunks everything about meditation and teaches you the neuroscience of meditation, kind of like how Lacey Phillips does uh, with manifesting and sub- subconscious programming. So I was like, okay, great. And once I got on the meditation train, I, was, I felt like things were opening up in me. And definitely the people that I was pulling in were definitely, they were a match to where I was headed as a seeker and as a a soulful publicist. Mm. And what do you think drew you to wellness over anything else in the first place? Was it your mom's influence and your kind of upbringing in a more spiritual household? Or what was the moment for you where you were like, I want to be in wellness and I want to be connected with this kind of tribe? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I'd say it was my mom and Lululemon if you think about it, my mom actually introduced me to a lot of things. She, she connected me to Lululemon um, like a store manager when I was 18. And once I got involved in their culture, it was all about taking care of yourself. Like the first thing that I learned was fitness can be fun. Um, personal development is necessary. And then integrity is everything. So everything, like their principles were so rooted around developing you as a human being and for you to be your greatest self and being a, you know, being like a 20 something year old in college, that's not the first thing that's top of mind, but because I had the culture of Lululemon by me, it really ingrained in this desire to unravel the inner parts of myself and grow. I I like love progression. So I love measuring that growth. And my sorority called me like a life coach. And I really, I didn't even consider myself a life coach, but I always had some, I always had some empowering message or a way to process people because of the tools and the training I got um, at Landmark. Cause I did mm-hmm. Landmark forum for like, well, I did Landmark training for like seven years. So cool. Yeah. And what helped you to stop playing small and really get yourself to rock it to this next level um, for your clients? Oh my God. I love that question because <laughs> that's the question that was my tipping point to uh, quitting Lululemon and taking a chance. Mm. That's the question that was um, posed to me when I was at a different training, a transformational training. And he goes, how much longer are you going to play small? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not playing small, you know, like I'm, I'm doing my life, but at the same time, I was really uncomfortable with being uh, in my discomfort of not knowing what was going to happen. So I took a leap of faith by leaving what I knew to be true, which was Lululemon. And then once I stepped into like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm a graduate now of undergrad and I'm going to be an intern and I have no idea where this is going to lead. 
Um, so it wasn't until I stepped into that where I got to really see myself be someone that is willing to take risks. And then after that, you know, I was working remotely. I was in San Diego and me and my former boss agreed that they just need someone in the office. So it was kind of like I had my wings, but I didn't know how to fly. And she's like, I, I really think it's time for you to like go on your own. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified, <laughs> really terrified because it's really scary to let go of security and comfort. Yeah. And not the unknown is what all of us deal with, the uncertainty of what's going to happen once we, once we take that leap of faith. So for me, it was almost coming to a place because on 8-8 on eight, eight was the Lion's Gate. I'll never forget this. It was 8-8 eight, eight on the Lion's Gate. I actually got let go from my job and it was like the best thing that happened to me because this, this new opening happened. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I felt this like sense of freedom to explore and create. Um, but then there was a sphere of, you know, like the matrix mindset of like, oh, well, how am I going to make money and how am I going to survive? And that survival mentality kicked in. But I think honestly, because I had witnessed myself being able to connect with anyone and everyone and feeling so aligned in my truth, I just believed that I can make it work with the help of my family, of course. My family is extremely supportive. I mean, try telling your family that, well, my mom is very accepting of it, but try telling your family you're working with a shaman, you know, like yeah. that means, that means nothing to my dad. And I, I've been training him to show him like what my world is about. And he's a, he's a Persian father, but not a traditional in the way that if people are listening or thinking, <laughs> he's definitely progressive, but definitely not having sessions with shamans or doing ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about Shaman Durek because he's your client that I'm most familiar with. And yeah. I've, I've learned so much from him. I'd love to know like how you met him and how he helped you to challenge some of the status quos in the wellness industry in general. Yeah. Um, by status quo, do you mean kind of like the surface spiritualism. Yeah. Cause I feel like he helped us go to a deeper layer and just open up a whole new box of possibilities and just take manifesting and understanding ourselves as energetic beings to the next level. And I know you represent a lot of people that are like that. So yeah. how did you, you know, confront these kind of norms in the wellness industry, take them to the next level and maybe use him as an example? Yeah. Um, meeting him was also fate because people ask me a lot, how did you meet him? Because it's not something that I was like following for a long time. It was this inner knowing. And then I, I really believe like between his ancestors and my guides, they were tapping on my shoulder because they, they woke me up to it when I heard him on a podcast, which was that's so retrograde. And the way he was speaking really landed for me. I was like, who is this guy? Right. And I, at this point, I'm not, I wasn't really into quote unquote shamanism or plant medicine. Like that wasn't really in my sphere of thought. And when I heard his words, it landed so much that I'm like, you know, curiosity brood. But again, I just looked him up on Instagram and I didn't really dive into his work. I had this feeling that I needed to meet him informally. And um, the first attempt didn't really work out, but the second attempt did work out. And it was, it was truly this confidence knowing that like, I'm meant to meet this man, right? And for whatever reason, I didn't have an intention of like, oh, I'm meant to work with him or I just had this feeling that I need to be face to face with him and then something was going to come of it. 
So when I was in Miami, I created that opportunity and my mom came with me and my mom got all these downloads about her relationship and what's going on with her man. And <clears throat> I was like, oh my God, my mom is taking my time away from Shaman Dirk. I'm like, not even kidding. <laughs> it was so funny. And my mom was like, like a sponge. She's like, oh my God, like writing down everything. And so when I first met him, I was super intimidated because I knew he could see everything. You know, he said, I read both of your files as soon as you walked in. And I was just like, oh my God, what can he see? Right? <laughs> exactly. Really Intimidating. I'm like, what can he see? And like my insides were, were literally trembling. But all I could kept thinking was like, my mom is taking my time. And I, that's actually a conversation that's come up in my past. So it was no accident that this was playing out this way. And um, then he turns to me and he goes, um, you have a lot of frustration towards your mother. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. And, and then he just started, we started going deeper and unraveling. And again, this was like all organic. And he beautifully did this in the span of, I don't even know, like an hour, but we happened to both be in Miami and I made it happen because I was so confident that we were meant to meet. And then, so fast forward, I had a session with him in LA and after the session, um, I was completely clear. I removed like a lot of blocks in my sacral energy. I was shaking. Uh, I removed toxins and I felt so connected to my vision. And at that point it, it looked like working with a powerful leader and sourcing a mentor and helping them expand their message in the world. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I didn't know that I was going solo. I didn't, um, it was just something that I was going to do on the side because I did work with a lot of practitioners and healers and kind of develop my own training with them and then help them, you know, here and there. Uh, so after the session, it was clear as day. And I asked him and I just knew, and something inside me again is like, you are meant to help this man. I was like, okay, I have no idea what that looks like, but yes, that it's me. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what, and he, he also tells a story. It's like, we, we were meeting again because in our past lives, we, we had known each other in Egypt. Um, it was so familiar, you know, and it uh, came to fruition so beautifully. And so once that synchronized, he taught me that there are men in my life. I'm not even kidding. There were men in my life that were taking my power. And that actually kept me from go, leveling up, going into the next level of me as a queen and me as a creator. And the person that I was dating, actually, the week uh, that I sent him to have a session, he got his power back. And he had a thyroid issue. And he, um, as soon as he got his power back, he realized that he actually hasn't been working and honoring himself. So it was this natural uh, weeding off our relationship. And he's like, I can only offer you friendship at that time. And so as soon as that was gone, and again, he tells a story all the time, but as soon as that was gone, everything shifted. It's like, I stepped into a whole new queendom. I stepped into my creator mode. I started seeing things moving a lot quicker. And now there's like this space for me to create and it was like the timeline was so distinct for him to like go in his session and then be like hey it's time for us to end and i felt really complete with it too you know it wasn't like a oh god heartbreak it was like oh, okay we're coming to completion um and yeah so that was that was my next 
weaving into, okay, now Tanya is the creator. What, what is she going to create now as like a, not just a single woman, but someone who's connecting to her vision? Yes. And I just love the theme of self-empowerment that you were talking about because you created that opportunity for yourself to connect with him. And then you empowered yourself to step into the next version of yourself with his help. But like, I just love that, you know, you're creating your own reality and you're stepping into that, which I think all of us can learn so much from. And I'm also curious about how you're helping people like him and you know, like your other clients, get into this limelight that's a little bit more mainstream and how you're managing to change kind of the mainstream of wellness. Yeah, it's important to distinguish that mainstream media right now <coughs> is doing a lot of different things. And the way I see it being in the world of media, it's honestly really tough to watch how um, I am going to use the word brainwashing, that mainstream media can be brainwashing. Mm -hmm. And so if that is the case and people are truly plugged into this box or broadcasting, you know, people are being quote unquote casted, then why not transmit messages of truth and peace and possibility and transformation? So why not disrupt that? You know, the news is the news, right? Breaking news, we're, they're keeping us informed, but at the same time, there is a there's a system of like controlling us to be in alignment with what's going on in the matrix so it's like my job is to disrupt that and bring a new invocation of truth and peace and possibility and love and so i had this i see that shaman Durek going on places like the doctors you know there's all kinds of leaders and experts that go on there but to have someone that has like african lineage and is bringing ancient wisdom to what's known as mainstream tv i really believe that it gives people uh hope and possibility of where we're headed as a collective and that alternative healing and alternative medicine can be a viable source for healing it can be a viable source for people to develop themselves and even prevention, you know, and it, there isn't a lot of focus on that um, for many different reasons. So when I find people like me, not just publicists, but people who are doing conscious media, who are doing conscious marketing, it's because we are using the tools of media or the matrix and allowing this perception and these narratives to come through so that people can start tapping into their power and not be so um, subservient to the control and the brainwashing. Yeah. Do you think people are waking up to this and accepting it and being more open-minded? What's your perception on that? Yes. Oh my God. One thing I love about my job is aligning with people who get it, right? Like meeting uh, journalists or producers, um, and I take inventory of this is when I see how they relate to what I'm saying and I see how they relate to working with Shaman Durek. And a lot of them have intimately gotten to know him, whether it's like an interview or they're like, you know, sending voice notes back and forth. And there's definitely a curiosity among some of these journalists. Like they may not be on this path, but there's a curiosity because I had one journalist literally say to me, she goes, um, I've seen, I'd love to know what's going on with uh, intuitives and healers because I've seen an uptick and seeing that a lot of our leaders are failing us in like the medical world or the political and people are now turning to intuitives. She's like, I would love to know what's going on and how we can present that as 
information that can help people. Because it's true, if you think about it, this pandemic happened and yeah, you have your political leaders telling you truth and then you have the medical board and the medical system, but you find a lot of psychics and healers and intuitives and shaman Durek, their services just became like so valuable. Like their phones are ringing off the hook. They're getting emails and everyone's like, oh, you know, I just spoke to my intuitive. It's like they're now taking place of uh, leading the way, you know, and I said like they're guiding the way because they, they're truly tapped into a source and energy that is it's the quantum field and the quantum field has so much infinite information and we too have access to that but it just takes us a minute to get there obviously right. but if we can take that information and use it to kind of align and match with what we're feeling and and allow us to guide us guide us to preparation or guide us to level up because it's truly it's it's just a process of our frequency you know are we going to stay in the low vibration and let all the fear and the panic and all of that lead us to our uh, ascension or are we going to continue to level up as a society acknowledge like don't i never want to i never want anyone to think when i'm talking about truth or possibility that i'm disregarding the darkness mm -hmm. i want people to understand that darkness is important to engage and embrace as well because that's part of our ascension mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, your morning routine and your meditations as well. But what else are you doing to keep your frequency high mm -hmm. on the daily? Yeah, well, um, I have another beautiful practice with a guy named Sifu Matthew, and he does martial arts wellness, and he helps me master my energetic forces. So based on the positions and the nodes of, um, you know, the different nodes that you work with on the planet, your mm -hmm. positioning will start to open certain things up in your body and allow you to shift out of your head and into um, your body frequency. And then once you hold those positions, then you're able to come from a clear space. And it really, like you, you just start to expand and you start to become lighter. Uh, and it, it's truly an art. I mean, I haven't done it for a long time, but he's like, as soon as, you know, you feel disorganized in your mind or you feel unclear, like get into this position, hold it for like 30 minutes and you'll just, you'll feel this complete shift in my system. And like, I, I feel a different type of alignment. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. I also want to talk with you about the lack of diversity in wellness and how you see that expanding and changing and why there was a lack of diversity to begin with and what your thoughts are on all of that. Yeah, that is also a really good question because not a lot of people talk about it. And um, the truth is wellness is whitewashed. I think I even said that on like my story and I was like, yeah, that is a bold statement. <laughs> Wellness is whitewashed. True. Yeah. You know, we can only think of like a handful of people that are people of color and you know, of that they're black or African. And I work with Lorea Gaston, who's Puerto Rican black. And then I work with Shaman Jurek, who's African American. And yeah, I was thinking about that. Why are they so, they're not underrepresented, but the light isn't so much focused on their voice. And it's interesting you're saying that because I've seen this share the mic, right? Like there's celebrities and notables bringing forth 
Um, it was black female voices. And I'm like, but why now? Why, why hasn't it come up earlier? And I truly think it's because wellness has become such a privilege yeah. and it's not working with certain people like Larea um, and Chris Pan, who's my other client. We noticing that wellness is not a reliable or it's not an available source based on your socioeconomic status. So if I think of wellness, like if we go to middle America or if we go to maybe a low income family neighborhood, you know, they're not thinking like, where am I going to get my acupuncture or how am I going to activate my chakras? Like it is, it is such a privileged conversation. And I think what we can do is start expanding in the areas that maybe people don't have the financial, the financial means to do the type of wellness that we offer. That's why I love what Lorea does. Um, Lorea Gaston, who has a bodega, it's a 99 cent bodega in like the heart of Koreatown. And it's like this like light sanctuary where she offers all healing modalities. It's packed with crystals and sage. And you can bring that through in other neighborhoods that don't have access to it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the focus should be is where can we bring these wellness concepts, these modalities and these practices to areas that don't have access to it and aren't don't have the privilege to take it on. Mm-hmm. That's really where the focus needs to be. And that and Lorea is brilliantly doing that. Yeah. All about accessibility. And it's so funny because we are picking up so many of our spiritual teachings and you know modalities from the ancient wisdom in Africa or from ancient wisdom in China. And it's like almost none of it comes from white European backgrounds, so little of it, which is so ironic and disturbing when we look at how white it really is. I mean, even when I've been trying to book guests on this podcast for, you know, the last year, it's been very difficult to find people of color. And, but that's just something I have to commit to. And I think all of us just have to take that step and just make it happen. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I would encourage um, podcasts, hosts, and anyone who has a form of media or any type of medium to bring on um, black female voices and, and male voices. I don't know a lot of powerful leaders that are being put in the limelight that are of black descent or African descent. And I can only think of like Shaman Durek, Michael Beckwith, Light Watkins, yeah, Rob Mack, like those are the only ones I can really think of that are highlighted in the wellness, emotional intelligence space. Yeah, I know we got to do better. I'm just glad that this is all coming to fruition. And it's interesting to see the momentum pick up so fast and really not die out. How do you see it changing? Do you think that we are going through like an intense shift as a society and and how do you think this is going to pan out and our world's going to change because of the civil rights movement going on? Well, working with, working with Shaman Durek, a lot of how I see what's going on is influenced by his messaging and what he's teaching. And it's not so much what he's teaching. He's just, he's waking us up to a perspective that isn't just presented to us so uh, like right, right in front of our face, kind of. He's unraveling what has been in our system for, for ages. 
And the division, the divide and conquer narrative is what we're seeing at play. And it's not always related to race. It's literally, you're even seeing it with like mask versus non-mask, vaccine versus anti-vaccine. There's a lot of conversation around separation. And so I'm, I'm seeing that. And he's over here talking about how in the blackout, we are going to see a lot of division and the power of the matrix and what is known as the system that's that's their that's their motive that's their intention is to keep us separated so that we don't come into our power so from my position i really am taking a stand for people to stay in their power and also have conversations outside of what the matrix monkey mindset is telling us right like there is a bigger conversation and i have lots of these conversations and i'm i'm also witnessing that attachment is so big right now that people are either so attached to their beliefs and their opinions and they're unwilling to hear what the other side is saying and that's exactly why we're in the position that we're in is because we're not hearing each other we're not hearing each other and we're not re we're not releasing this need to be right I feel like there's a lot of righteousness going on and yeah. I'm witnessing the mass conversation is huge. As soon as you say something negative or it's on the other side of what masks do for you, if you're wearing it too much, then people just like come at you and their righteousness come out and their attachment to like, this is, this is what needs to happen. And it's like, but both sides make sense. So why not hear what each other is saying? And that's why we have war. And that's why we have these separation conversations, um, creating this division uh, between our, our human, our, our beings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also want to touch again on your thinking around the matrix and brainwashing, because it, it is so real that our social media feeds are so curated. We're seeing very specific things in the algorithm. So how do you keep your feeds kind of clear and light and in alignment with what you want to be seeing? How do you kind of curate that for yourself? Yeah, consumption's really big. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, I personally, for myself, am staying open to a lot of conversations. And um, I am on the, I don't want to use this word in like a spiritual way, but the woke path, like allowing more truth and more information about corruption and things that maybe people don't want to give attention to you know, there's like a little bit of avoidance there. So I've curated my social media, obviously, to follow leaders who are standing in their truth, and who are disruptive. And it may not be the most likable narrative. That's definitely where I'm at. And then um, I have recently gone through uh, my Instagram feed or my just people I follow. And I asked myself if this account brings me joy. I mean, why not Marie Kondo, everything that we're consuming? It's not just what you put on your body, but everything that is infiltrating our minds. That's why conscious consumption is so important because that's going to impact how you show up in the world. Mm -hmm. What you're listening to, what you're watching is creating who you are as a creator and what you're out to create within communities, with your family, with your friends, and within yourself. Yes. 
Um, on that note, is there anything that you're reading that you're really liking right now or any shows that you're watching that are helping you activate even more? I feel like a broken record, but I'm obviously turning to spirit hacking because Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many of my friends, you know, they, there's people that are like, Oh yeah, you work with that shaman guy. And then some people know who he is, but I can't tell you how many people have been coming up to me saying, Oh my God, Tanya, like I'm reading spirit hacking, like cover to cover. It's amazing. Oh my God. He like makes so much sense. And it's like all of these things in people's minds are opening up all of a sudden. And this book is becoming people's sacred text. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I get it. Like the blackout and you know, they're picking up on like terminology, bobbleheads. It's just, it's a fun, playful way to be in what we are in right now, which is the blackout. And we don't have to take it we don't have to take it so lightly, but being so serious and attached to it is also what's creating constriction. And I feel like if you listen to Spirit Hacking on Audible, I haven't listened to it on Audible, but obviously I know him really well. Um, you'll get a lot of his personality and a lot of who he is in the world. And it, it just has you connect to something that is so vivacious and vibrant. Mm -hmm. So it's really great to listen on Audible, but I do turn to his book, and then um, I do turn to, what have I been watching? I turn to some people's lives. If I'm like meant to catch it, mm -hmm. I'll tune into their lives. And most often or not, I'm like meant to hear the conversation and it has some beautiful influence in my life. Yeah, for sure. It's so interesting how spirit hacking was timed as well, because he was talking about the blackout, the matrix, every you know theme that we're seeing in today, he just kind of predicted um, months ago. It was just very interesting to watch that unfold. And I should go back and read or listen to it again, because it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah things right. happen when people read the book. I've yeah. heard a lot of things of things happening to people while they're reading the book. And then also that um, symbol. Oh my God, why am I blanking on what it's called? Uh, there's a name for the symbol, but he uses it in his healing temple uh, because it does open up your it opens up your channels and allows you to allow energy to download in your body and then open up the doors for you to release anything that you're moving through. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, that's important to note. And yeah, if you read the blackout, the chapter of the blackout, it'll give you a sense, kind of break down what's going on in each of our social modern day issues and mm -hmm. give context to it. And I find that when I have a, understanding or awareness it just empowers me it makes me feel really connected to the truth of what's going on and i feel empowered yeah it really deeply resonates and i also love how he and a lot of other people are opening this conversation around how easy it can be to connect with our guides and our ancestors simply by just like talking and and being open with that dialogue and i'm just starting to get comfortable with that and <laughs> I think I just need to do a little more unblocking about being open to receiving, um, you know, their messages, but how has that um, helped you and how do you find yourself connecting with your guides? A simple tool is to take one of the spirit hacks and do them regularly. Mm -hmm. The spirit hacks are meant to hack your brain space technology, but even so connecting, like having that direct channel really comes with, opening up the gateways and opening up the doors for 
information to be able to come through. And so what I find working with him and doing other things is we just need to get back to who we are and everybody has access to this information and these downloads. So if you do the spirit hacks, there's very specific ones that open up your powers and it's kind of like going to the gym. If you go to your spiritual gym, you go to your spiritual training, the more you practice, the stronger it'll get. And you'll start to, you'll feel a difference. You'll, you'll start to catch yourself. Um, you'll start to catch yourself in certain instances too, on how you're speaking and what you're creating and being really aware of code that you're writing based on the language that you're using. And all of that is opening up your creator channels as well. Mm, yeah. I'm so glad you brought up those techniques. I did, um, I, I need to go back and do them regularly, but my favorite one was the fire scrying one. I think it's scrying. Yeah, I was just thinking about that one for you. Yeah. Maybe you can explain it for the people listening. Yeah. Fire scrying um, is another way to increase your focus and mental performance. And it's designed for you to just light a candle or anything with a flame. And you just sit there and you look at the flame for you want to start increasing the time so you can start with like five minutes and then 10 minutes. And so over time, when you are doing that type of uh, intentionality with your focus, then things that are important to you and things that are, you know, in your vision will get to be hyper-focused and then you will have, you'll have less distractions. Mm -hmm. It'll give you like hyper attention focus and your mental performance will increase. So keep increasing the time by just focusing on the candle, nothing else. Yeah. That's that's really a great cool. one. I haven't done that fully. I did that a little in the beginning and I've done something where I had to like draw Jupiter and Mars in a circle. And then I, I um, had to ask, and connect to my guides and ask them to activate my powers. And then all of a sudden I'm like shaking in my living room. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really amazing what uh, the sensations feel like, like you can really feel downloads coming in. Yeah. I remember doing that and I surrounded myself with five candles and turned the lights off. And I just immediately like felt like I was in a different realm. It was, it was spooky and very um, empowering at the same time. Like I was really connecting with my power and it makes you feel very quantum and yeah. understand where you who you really are it's very interesting yeah no i love that you said that and i love that you said spooky and my vision for people who are obviously not immersed in this world is that woo woo is like not a thing i'm like hey this is actually the level of care that each of us should be doing you know mm -hmm. people are so quick to go strengthen their bodies and work out do all the classes but how much time and devotion are we doing for our spiritual and energy health? Because that's truly what is creating most ailments and misalignment in our body because it's 50% energy and 50% physical. Yeah. And I feel like the word woo-woo kind of discredits the real work that's happening and it's almost like shying away or an, an embarrassment to be talking yeah. about stuff like this. And whenever I hear somebody say, oh, this is woo-woo, we're out there. It's like, it's not really. It's just, just say what you need to say because it's happening. Yeah, totally. And that's the challenge of, you know, social societal norms is because it's not accepted inside of the normal uh, vision of the matrix. 
it's now labeled as woo-woo. That's why I'm like, I know I use the word muggle. <laughs> and I was like, I I'm literally the same thing. But when it comes to the labeling of people who are practicing magic or practicing activating their powers and it becomes woo-woo, I'm like, you are essentially falling behind because we are so beyond that. And we are so beyond that conversation that the quantum world is what is needed right now. This is, this is where we're headed. And so if people are still there, I'm like, okay, well, you're actually falling behind because we've, we've shifted out of that. I mean, psychedelics, that is opening people's powers up and you know, used in the right way, but that also has its magic. And how come people aren't calling that woo-woo? You know, mm-hmm. Because science backs it up and quantum physics is backed up somewhat in science. Yeah. Um, but it's like, unless they can see it verbatim and evidence they're like it's just this mystical magical thing yeah i feel like joe dispenza is a great example of somebody who's rationalizing what's going on quantumly and scientifically and really proving that our thoughts and our emotions are creating our reality and and our physical well-being so anybody listening joe dispenza is a great one if they haven't read him yet yeah and lastly i i wanted to kind of circle back to our discussion around just business and any advice you might have for people in the wellness world, starting their businesses and any tips you might have for growth? Yeah. um, I'd say if you're on the path of, you know, being an expert source or maybe like a wellness influencer, I would start looking at building relationships and follow either journalists you know find the pieces that are relevant to you but follow journalists that you know that would be relevant to what you're covering and speaking about and reach out to them you know offer offer sources you know if you could be a helping hand to journalists right now they're always looking for expert sources and it might not be exactly what you want to speak about um, but they're always looking for that and then Twitter is a really great space to be in. So if you are looking to expand your message and you need the writers or journalists, Twitter is filled with those types of contacts. And then you can also be in the know of what's going on with each publication because right now is a very unpredictable time for all of us, but especially publicists. The media publications are we don't know what's going on day to day. So we have to stay up to breast um, on Twitter. And then lastly, I'd say if you have a voice and you want to amplify that, look up uh, sources, you know, like online blogs where you can start becoming a contributor. And I think that's fairly easy, but they do have less people on staff. So there is someone that has to edit your work, but being a contributor allows you to have your own voice, your own page, your own bio, and um, as many pieces as you can write, you know, you can always turn those pieces into a blog post for yourself or a post on your Instagram and play off of that. So it's just don't think of it as, uh, I'm, you know, I'm writing for free because not all contributors get paid. Usually that's like a freelance writer. But yeah, that's a really simple way to amplify your voice and don't hoard your connections. <laughs> If you have connections, you know, expand, allow that to be abundant and share that amongst your network. That is really valuable advice. Thank you. I just like had these pings go up. Like I need to be connecting with these people. Thank you for that. That's awesome. You're welcome. And before I let you go, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about? 
Um, yeah, I'm going to say that even though, because I get that there's a picture of me and I, and I wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge that what I do may look like, wow, it's like soulful publicist, she's in wellness. It has its moments. And I've had many breakdowns during this blackout pandemic, whatever you want to call it, because I've questioned if what I'm doing is working and being a publicist, you get so much rejection that even though you see all these things that are happening with Shaman Durek or Lorea, I still get a lot of no's. And sometimes what I also deal with is not even hearing back from people. And that is like soul crushing because I feel like I'm doing something wrong or something's not working. So what I come back to is if things are not happening in that moment, there's, there's obviously an energetic block. And then there's also something that's happening within me that's not allowing this to be seamless or come through. And sometimes I really do have to check back in with myself that it's not always out there, but there's something within me. Because as soon as I had my session with Shaman Durek on Monday, it's like the emails were flooding in, people were responding. Uh, so checking in, like having energy assessment of your frequency and the frequency of what's happening out there can ultimately impact your work. Beautiful. Absolutely. And where can people find you on Instagram and your website? I have my Instagram. I have not created a website yet. I don't know why. I just, I've just been loving sharing everything on Instagram. Yeah. So you can find me at soulful underscore publicist and um, you can send me a DM. I, I honestly love hearing from people who like caught me on a podcast. It's just so inspiring, you know, like you don't know who's going to catch this. And if you're interested in working with me, you can find my email. It's in, within my bio on my Instagram. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes too. Well, okay. thank you so much, Tanya. I just learned so much from you and I'm excited okay. for people to hear this. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I would love to know what you took away from our discussion and what you learned from Tanya. So please feel free to drop us a line on Instagram in the comments or leave a review or shoot me an email. I just love to hear from you guys and appreciate you being part of this community. Um, other little notes, you can find me on Instagram at HelenDenham underscore and at HelenDenham.com. I post weekly blog posts there and they always have correlating audio. You can also subscribe to my Sunday newsletter there, all the good stuff. So I'll leave all of that below in the show notes. And oh, I have a single dropping on Friday too called Mona Moore. So I'm really excited to share some new music with you guys. And yeah, have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.